Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Some people are always in a hurry. They run when they could walk. Race up steps when others take it slow. When Joe Biden's president, America is just going to have to keep up. We won't have to wait to deal with COVID-19. He's already got a plan. Won't have to wait for a president on the side of working families. He's from Scranton. No one has to tell him Wall Street didn't build this country. He knows who did. We're a nation that's been hit hard by this virus. But Joe Biden knows when you get knocked down, you get up off the mat. No one needs to tell Joe how hard life can hit you. Losing a wife, a daughter, a son. But he knows it's in the pain you can find purpose. To lead America, you need to understand America. America's an idea. An idea stronger than any army, more powerful than any dictator or tyrant. It gives hope to the most desperate people on earth. And it's an idea as alive and powerful today as it was when it was first proposed. The most powerful idea in the history of the world, I think, beats in the heart of the people of this country. No matter your race, your ethnicity, no matter your gender identity, your sexual orientation, no matter your faith, it unites America. Whether your ancestors were native to these shores, whether they were brought here forcibly and enslaved, whether they were immigrants from generations back, or those coming today looking to build a better life for their families. Our best days are not behind us, they're ahead. In times as challenging as these, I believe there's only one way forward. As a united America, united in our dream of a better future for us and for our children. This is our moment, this is our mission, and we'll do it together. There are some questions this morning about President Trump's health, and it's because of this video of the president where you see him walking very haltingly. Maybe he just has a hard time going down a gently sloping ramp, but um, do you see something possibly neurological that could be throwing off his balance? He was walking down the ramp afterwards, and he looked a little shaky. Uh, the president says no big deal. Uh, it was a downward ramp, and it was a little, he says, slippery, even though it was a clear day. Um, the internet, as the internet does, suggesting maybe the president was having some balance issues here. Well, it's more than uh, just the way he walked, Aaron. Um, one doesn't need to be a physician to note that the president hasn't looked well recently, and he didn't look well on Saturday. His speech has become very, very slow, as if he's struggling to read from the teleprompter. For years, the president has used attacks on his opponents, his opponent's health, unfounded against them. But now questions are being raised about the president's health. Americans have every reason to question his health. But walking down a ramp, holding a rail, 
Probably no issue. But now you know how it feels, don't you? What goes around comes around. A lot of people talking about the president's health. Uh, we'll leave it to the doctors uh, for that. But it is uh, images like this and even his speaking uh, ability uh, or lack thereof uh, during this, um, again, undercuts their argument that Biden is a doddering old man. Certainly the matter of a president's health is of great importance to the American public. The president's health was already called into question this past weekend when he was seen on video cautiously walking down a ramp after delivering a commencement address at West Point. In fairness, he has always had issues with descending stairs and ramps. Obviously, what's being raised as well in this focus on his health and, and whether he's impaired is that we've never really had a lot of transparency. Last thing before we go here tonight, did you see or can you remember a single quote from the president's commencement speech at West Point on Saturday? If the answer is no... And welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It's the 3rd of June, year of our Lord, 2023. And yeah, I'm priming. I'm priming for what you know I'm going to talk about, but I'm not going to do it right now. I got some other stuff to talk about first, but just just keep that in your mind that we uh, did all sorts of stuff about ramps and ran videos with the ramp in it. It's very interesting. But I ran into some great polls and I wanted to cover them because it blew my mind. So this first one, how important do you think it is to have Pride Month in the U.S.? 52% said not at all. The next one, do you think public schools should or should not include LGBTQ history and curriculum? 58 said they should. This is on YouGov. YouGov is liberal. Do you think lesbians, gay, and bisexual individuals in the United States are legally well protected, 60%. Do you think transgenders and non-binary people are legally well protected at 57%? When it comes to topic, do you think there is too much or not enough coverage? 61%. Too much. Do you think that LGBTQ plus representation in media entertainment has a, a positive or negative? 54%. Then we go into crime. 58 aren't even remotely confident that he can even know what crime is. That wasn't the question, but I'm sure a lot of people answered that way. Who do you think has done a better job handling crime? Trump, 47%. Those are liberals. Those are liberals. That kind of dovetails well into the fall, which I'm going to play. But I want to point to this. This is Parks and Recs. On the left side, as you're looking, is a Army CIB award. Hmm. 
There's one right here. That, that's the one I earned. It's a U.S. Army award. They put it on a Venezuelan uniform. As a throwaway ornament. You, you got to get shot at to win that award. It goes back to World War fucking two. Things you liberals believe in. The war you supported. It's where the Antifa got its start. Remember? That pissed me the fuck off. So I just want to make sure I cover that. So let's go into this. We're going to start and set it up right, though, because most people aren't doing it. He's lost before he even gets to the point that he falls. He talks about woke. And then I got video of people just fucking looking at this asshat. Your class is one of the diverse, most diverse classes in the history of this academy or any academy to graduate. That's why we're strong. That's why we're who we are. That's why we'll never give up. That's why. A few moments later. It's going down. I'm yelling tonight. You better move. You better dance. Let's make a night. You won't remember. The one you won't forget Ooh. for joining us a live look at the White House right now. We want to take you though back out to a moment as we were looking through the video at that commencement at the Air Force Academy. I want to put up this video uh, from just a little bit ago as he gave the commencement speech immediately after uh, former uh, President Joe Biden there leaving the stage uh, trips and falls on the stage. You can see there uh, pointing to potentially a sandbag on the stage or something uh, holding up the teleprompter, but you can see people helping him uh, pointing there as uh, well as he shook hands for quite a long time at the Air Force Academy graduation. He gave the commencement speech wearing an Air Force Academy uh, hat as well. I'm going to replay this one more time just so you get a, a good look at it here on Live Now from Fox. So that happened uh, just a little bit ago here uh, at that commencement speech, shaking the hands and congratulating all of those cadets earlier on today here on Live Now from Fox. I'm Andy Mack. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to slide away for a quick... Remember we did this? It was in his fucking ad about ramps and shit. Joe Biden's going to run. He's going to run everywhere. I played that summary 50 minutes on CNN and MSNBC, both respectively, analyzing it. Water, glass, koi fish. We did everything. And the thing is, I got this ad. It was June 1st. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, a secret service on ramp, says it all. 
Note faces of American young, old, and different ethnicities, orientations, and more. Commander-in-Chief, President Joe Biden, and Vice President Kamala Harris work for all Americans. Andy Fox, they ran it after he fell. Like it's... Fuck it. He fell. Big deal. No, no. You, you don't... You don't get to make that assumption. He's fallen numerous times. Bikes, steps, Air Force One. He shakes hands with ghosts. And you did this. You, the liberals, did this. When Drew Holden, when Donald Trump walked slowly down some wet stairs, the entire mainstream press lost their minds. Health questions, New York Times. Chris Saliza, health questions. Trump tries to explain his slow and unsteady walk down a ramp at West Point. Jennifer pro-voting Rubin. Trump's ill-conceived Sleepy Joe insult has collapsed on a ramp at West Point. The president's baby step down the ramp is an image that may define his last year in office. One wonders where all the Republicans in disarray headlines are. The Lincoln Project. There's something seriously wrong with Trump's health, his trouble walking and constant slurring, the way he drinks water. CNN. These are people just retweeting their tweets. The fuck that thing go. Oh. Shit. I'll add it in. Hold one. Look at that shit. Mystery clutch. New York Times. Trump's halting walk down ramp raises new health questions. The president also appears to have trouble raising a glass of water to his mouth during a speech. How many times have I spilled my glass while we're podcasting? Like every time. He turned 74. 74. He was still younger. Curtis Hoke, remind the, uh, rewind to Biden mocking Trump at West Point. Look at how he steps and look how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps. Oh, fuck me. We're going to play this. I didn't even, I didn't even see this one. I, I am sorry. I'm going to kick, kick the horse. I'm kicking. Look at how he steps and look how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps. Okay? Come on. I want to discuss this now with CNN's political reporter and editor-at-large, Chris Saliza. You have a dot-com piece out today on CNN.com, and you lay out why this story should matter. Tell us why. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of obvious things, Brianna. Number one is Donald Trump is 74 years old. Obviously, his birthday was on Sunday. He's the oldest person ever elected to a first term as president. Two, we know so little about Donald Trump's past 
medical history. Remember, this is someone who the entirety of his medical history was a 2015 letter by his personal doctor saying that he would be the most physically fit person ever to be president. A letter, I'll note, that the doctor has since said was dictated to him by Donald Trump. So we just have very little to go on. And when you have those two things and you add it to the fact that Donald Trump, whether it's Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, makes the mental and physical health of his Democratic opponents an issue, he did it today, he said that uh, Joe Biden was shot and weak. That's when I think uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. There are some questions this morning about President Trump's health, and it's because of this video of the president where you see him walking very haltingly, one leg at a time, it, it starts happening here, uh, down a ramp. And this is after he gave a commencement speech at West Point. So joining us now with what he sees is CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And with what she knows, CNN political analyst Maggie Haberman. She's a White House correspondent at The New York Times. Great to see both of you. Sanjay, uh, President Trump is not known for being athletic. So maybe he just has a hard time going down a gently sloping ramp. But um, do you see something possibly neurological that could be throwing off his balance? It, it just, it's so hard to say, uh, looking at a video. And I think that's the bottom line answer. I talked to a bunch of neurologists over the weekend. A lot of people talking about this. Uh, people always have something to say and weigh in on this. Fucking hypocrites. They're such fucking hypocrites. Rewind to the Washington Post and Philip Rucker when Trump walked down the ramp. Trump tries to explain his slow and unsteady walk. Jim Acosta, I'm not going to play it, reveal, reveled in Joe Biden questioning President Trump's physical stamina. Trump's slow descent down a ramp at a West Point commencement earlier this year. This post is written by Chris Saliza when he was still at the network. But I would love to hear what Jake Tapper, Anderson Cooper, Aaron Burnett, and others have to say tonight. The same standard, right? And I think they were right in this post. Here is, that was a liberal who posted this. This is Chris Saliza. Trump is 74. The president turned 74 on Sunday. He's the oldest person ever elected the first term in the White House. Earlier this month, the White House released a memo on the results of his annual physical that only briefly outlined the overall picture of his health, height, weight, etc. Did not mention an unscheduled trip to Walter Reed in November 2019. We've had like three right now. They don't even cover them. Trump's medical pass is a total mystery. Trump makes his opponent health a major issue. On Monday morning, Trump sent a tweet attacking former Biden's 77-year-old's weakened shot. Wow, Sleepy Joe, Biden can't do it, Trump said in an interview. And Trump did the exact same thing during the 2016 campaign against Hillary Clinton. She, should, she could be crazy, he said. She could actually be crazy. Defeat crime and radical Islam and terror in the world to win a trade in our country. You need tremendous physical and mental stamina, he said in Wisconsin. Hillary Clinton doesn't have stamina. That is, what's a good for the goose is good for the gander situation. If Trump can openly question the physical and mental fitness of the Democratic appointment, point, opponents, then when... There is a moment where he looks frail and is absolutely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fair. You're not going to do it. Aaron Rupar, Trump descended a ramp extremely carefully at the end of the West Point speech. 
Now, if you zoom in, zoom in, and and I, sorry, I'm gonna play by your rules. What the fuck is that on his foot? He's got a special kind of heel, and when I Google searched it, it literally is so you don't fall. It's a special heel to keep from falling. God damn fucking thing. Sorry. Every time I move this thing, I can't grab it back with my, my mouse. Look at that shit. He's got special shoes on. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, you goddamn cock-sucking piece of shit. Anyway, why fuck around with slides? Here's just a few of the meter responses. Of course, it's Republicans' power. seen interacting with the crowd shortly after that fall. But given voters' concerns about the president's age, this is an image that his critics are already capitalizing on and pouncing on. Donald Trump was quick to weigh in on this. But David, the bottom line tonight, the White House says the president simply tripped and he is doing well. David. Mary Bruce. Well, falls are really common and they're, uh, especially common uh, in the elderly. It's thought that about one out of every four people over the age of 65 will fall this year. So it's, it's super common. This is about the third time we've seen uh, the president uh, fall. Uh, he fell twice going up the steps of Air Force One, uh, once uh, in uh, uh, 2021 and once uh, earlier this year. And he has a stiff gait. And the stiff gait, which is felt to be uh, secondary to, I think, some uh, arthritis in his back, yep. you know, contributes to him walking with this kind of shuffling gait. And if you hit a sandbag, there's not a lot of flexibility and you go down and, you know, he's fine. The optics are bad, but, you know, he got unlucky and, and just tripped on the sandbag. Uh, President Trump was very self-conscious about, about uh, that incident, and he yep. was quite concerned about falling. Look, I would, I would suggest to the president that he really needs to be careful. And in, on unsteady ground, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the president to use a cane. I know he may not like the optics, but a falling. It's fucking criminal. It's all just fucking criminal. You cannot have a free country when you don't have a free press. AP, Biden thinks our first academy graduates for choosing service over self. He stumbles after speech stumbles not falls does a digger no no we, we stumble uh msm leap to action let's see uh when trump walked across the uh, slick ramp of military graduation it sparked tons of coverage something tells me you won't find similar coverage you can't i that, that's all i can find for sound bites i'm sure we'll get days of media coverage the 25th amendment talk no you won't um hey did you hear ron DeSantis pronounce his name differently sometimes this mfr out here it, turning his secret service detail into visiting angels <laughs> that's pretty funny rooters biden trips and falls recovers quickly ben collins we got him today in the gay shit Welp, joe biden just fell down say goodbye to reading anything important on this site for the next 72 hours Bombshell, man with cameras on him all the time, fall and get up. 
President Biden falls on stage, per our White House pool report. He got up moments later and continued the commencement. Was helped to his feet. Got up. Needed three people. Jonathan Moore, President Biden falls on stage, pour a pool. He got up. No, he had to be helped up. You know, we can see the video, right? He didn't get up. He was pulled up. The video lies. But the problem is they just took it. At, this is Ben LaBolt, White House comes. He's fine. There's a sandbag. Sandbag. He got sandbagged, literally. And then we get into what people can get away from or get away with when you're a prog. There's the sandbag. I'm really pissed off with the fucking Secret Service for not clearing the way for the president. Linda says it's a teleprompter. So, okay, device that shouldn't have been set up that way because it was a trip hazard. But if 45 did that, I should be getting my new glasses sometimes in that couple of weeks. That's not going to improve my disorder, but at least my vision will be a little better. The Secret Service is there to protect him from people that would want to harm him. He should be able to walk off a stage. If you look closely at the sandbag, this is the same person, Vicky. Uh, part of their security, the bag is weighing down the base of the bulletproof device to protect the president. They definitely knew the bag was there. Look closely. The bag is dang the bank. That's part of their job. Next person, same thing. The, the, the talking points got handed. The same picture was handed because if you went to all these people you look at the same arrows it was all handed out in that secret chat room that we can't find and all the media got together Karazistine I probably tripped on things much smaller than a sandbag at least 20 times in my life and I'm just 41 Biden tripped on a sandbag one time and he's 80 the Secret Service is more responsible for this they should have made sure there wasn't anything in this way I would have liked likely tripped you would have likely tripped and most people would have likely tripped let's just be glad that Biden's okay and move on wouldn't do it for Trump. Then there was the other side. This person's Eddie Bright. Was this sandbag intentional? It's a coup. Not like the coup you guys did for four years. And the coup you're still trying to do so Trump can't run. That's not a coup. The sandbag's a coup. Roger. And then they list his accomplishments. Another angle. I'd rather have a POTUS get Secret Service help than getting them covering up a coup. coup. So Secret Service started trending. This is CNN's. President Biden tripped on sandbag and Phil's completely handing out diplomas of the U.S. Air Force Academy commencement in Colorado. Appeared fine afterwards walking without assistance to his seat in the stance. I got sandbag, POTUS tells reporter. Ha ha, it's all so funny. The look on this Secret Service man's face is priceless. He's off the detail. These guys are going to get fired. That's what's going to happen. Because they went after him. It was a Twitter trend. There's some funny in here. But mostly it's they set him up for failure. This person right here. Because the Secret Service left a sandbag. The most powerful man, the commander-in-chief, needs trip fall hazards. Biden looks back at the black sandbag that attacked him 
Why is there a black sandbag on the stage? Because weighing down the base of his teleprompter. It was there the entire time. Libs are screaming at the U.S. Secret Service. Scream at the teleprompter, Tex. Annual cost to run the Air Force Academy, $400 million. Annual cost for Secret Service to God the President, $1 billion. Watching Joe Biden fall on stupid anti-union, anti-working class warmongering ass, priceless. The Democratic leadership supported the insurrection and prote- prote- protested their treatment by the Secret Service. I was in the neighborhood that night. It was scary to watch. And, uh, yeah, I just want us all to remember that there were 50 Secret Service agents injured when White House down. St. John's Church is on fire. The parish office, uh, we went downstairs and it is on fire. I'm going to walk this way. And uh, this is awful. We saw graffiti. Once the door was broken, we saw something similar happen earlier. And uh, as you can see, uh, there's definitely a fire here. This is the parish office. Here, come on back. Come on back. Come on back up. That's good. So they're trying to clear the area, Shannon, with, uh, with the pepper spray. And with the tear gas to try to clear people. Anything we can do to get it out? No, I don't know that there's anything we can do to put that out. I didn't see an extinguisher. Yeah, you remember that? And then we went on about um, how uh, the UCS, and we never talked about the bunker. Do, do we remember that? They used Molotov cocktails. 50 Secret Service agents were hurt. It was an all-night goat fuck. And we talked about CS and Trump's Bible. That's what the Capitol looked like. But nobody cares. Trip trended. Reports sandbag that Trip Biden on stage also participated in January 6th Capitol riot, which just fucking cracked me up. That's that's some funny ass shit. But yeah, we we we're garbage. We're we're just garbage. So Matt O in Oregon slung me this video, and it's just sums it all up. My fellow Americans, these MAGA extremists are now using sandbags to attack us. And these are are not regular sandbags. These are racist sandbags. Donald Trump is now using ultra-MAGA extremist sandbags against us. So I'm directing the FBI to arrest him before the 2024 election. Thank you. You know, it wouldn't matter. He could literally disassemble. Pieces of his body could fall off and the media wouldn't give a fuck. I don't care. J6 rioters are raking in thousands in donation. Now the U.S. is coming after their haul. Think about that for a second. Because BLM co-founder loses multi-platform Warner Brother deal after delivering no contract. And as our last podcast we covered, 
what, 90 million? They don't even know where it's at. They don't even know where it's at. Liz Cheney gets a nice, refreshing glass of karma from Colorado College grads during commitment speech. Liz Cheney gets humiliated at a liberal college. Graduates booed and turned their chairs away from the former U.S. Representative Liz Cheney as she delivered the commencement address at a college in Colorado. Where was it? Let me see if I can find this. Wow. Let's find that video. Yeah, it's scrubbed from the net. I found one, but it's it's not there. Other headlines. Nets yawn at pro-abortion thug brutally assaulting two pro-life men. No coverage. Ex-Capitol Police Chief, and I think I had it right there, blasts Pelosi for distracting evacuation of the daughter. There's a video. I'm not going to play it, but literally her and her daughter are doing that film crew bullshit. She actually held up the evacuation, which, you know, doesn't surprise me at all because she's garbage. Here's James Vanderbeek, and we're going to go into two short videos on Memorial Day. I want to cover a couple things before we move on into gay shit. By the people, to the democracy by them. Or, <laughs> who? Big banks, big business, big business, big tech, big pharma, big government, big whatever. I mean, what the hell? How is this a democracy? And how is anybody in the DNC right today <laughs> going to post about thanking our troops and thanking the families who have made the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our democracy and our way of freedom. And listen, I am grateful for them, but any member of the DNC who's gonna think about posting that today, stop, think, and do your job before you start posting about how grateful you are. There are people out there who are willing to die to preserve democracy because you are not preserving democracy right now. You're shoehorning your pick and forcing it on the rest of us. And don't tell me that the other candidates aren't serious because one of them is polling at 7%. The other one is at 19%. That is a quarter of the vote who already thinks there's at the very least some debate about who ought to be president. There's no debate. There's no democracy. No primary, no legitimate president. So thank you to all the troops. Thank you to the families who have made the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our way of life, to preserve our democracy. Let's all do our part. We need a debate. How do we have a government? How do we have a democracy? If we're letting a small little back room of people make all the important decisions for us, that's not a democracy and it doesn't work because y'all have been wrong about a lot these last couple of years in that back room. No debate, no democracy. I could be wrong. That's the thing. I could be wrong about all this. I could be wrong about the guy being fit for the job. I could be wrong about the other people being right, being legitimate, being crazy. You know what would solve that? A debate. Have a debate. Happy Memorial Day.
I found this video or this picture here, which it's how I feel every time I go to one of these memorials. Um, I'm an old man, but I guess I'm not. I thought the video, the second one there, that's what they do in France. They still do it. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool. You know, they uh, still respect us. Per SOP, there was a lot of politics. Um, this was fucktard. I don't think I got it. Gavin Newsom was doing guns. So somebody redid it for him um, to show that actually, no, it's harder to get the guns than it is to get, get books. You're an idiot. But of course, that's, that's what they do. Um, here's what affected the Inflation Reduction Act had on your Memorial Day weekend. The inflation still sizzling. Most of the fixings for Memorial Day weekend barbecue will cost you more. It is up 14% from last year. I just want to make sure we we have that because they uh, they're the ones that brought out the hey we're going to save you a bunch of money for your Fourth of July. And before I get serious, I'm going to play a video really quick. This happened, and this is happening a lot, and it's happening under Biden. This shit didn't happen under Trump. Tell you what, he might have tweeted a lot. We didn't like him. People didn't fuck with us, and they clearly are fucking with us now. So, we're going to go into some lighter fare. Going to play two short sound bites on the original Top Gun, and then we're actually going to have fun and play crazy liberal videos for our comedy of the day, ending with one of the greatest ones I think I've ever heard and a couple ones I really fucking hate before we go into our gay stuff. So this is the Top Gun history and a short interview. It's a very long segment. You can find it on YouTube. It's Smithsonian Top Gun then and now and these old fuckers, man, they're still badasses. The Top Gun movies are based on a real place more than 400 miles from Hollywood in a remote desert outside Fallon, Nevada. Top Gun is the nickname of the Navy Fighter Weapons School, the proving ground for the Navy's best fighter pilots. Top Gun instructor Stu Whipke, call sign Gizmo, takes us inside. 
The whole goal of Top Gun is we essentially teach the teachers, and that's been true since our founding over 50 years ago. Good morning, I'm Stu Whipke, call sign Gizmo. Welcome to AIM-120 Chalk Talk. Top Gun basically was founded as an organization to where we bring air crew from the fleet who are doing well, and we'll teach them our techniques and then send them back to their squadron so they share these tactics, techniques with the rest of the fleet. Each year, Top Gun takes only the top 5% of naval aviators, men and women who stand above the rest. You're up studying before the sun comes up. You're still studying when the sun goes down. We demand of our students 12 hours a day, six to seven days a week, across holidays for three months straight. Some lessons are delivered in the classroom. Others are delivered at Mach 1. Air to surface or any kind of bombing runs. Air to air, where we're actually out there, again, you with a wingman or maybe you with three wingmen in a division. It's just mission rehearsal. Every time we go fly, there's always something that can be improved, always something that we can work on. What they work on to exhaustion is the intense acrobatics of dogfighting. The dogfight experience can't be replicated on the ground. Students will fly against Top Gun instructors, and those students will lose every time. By losing, they learn how to win. Because in combat, it's win or die. Combat is an extremely stressful environment. We try to replicate the environment that someone will be put in in a combat situation where life and death decisions have to be made. And they have to be made with the body under enormous stress. G-forces up to seven and a half times the force of gravity is exerted on your body. And that's something that you don't feel uh, ever. Maneuvers can include 180 degree turns at 500 miles per hour. There is no roller coaster that you can get into and be exposed to that amount of G-force. Most people would black out or at least vomit. Hold on, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> They're practicing for three-dimensional combat at the speed of sound. Museum GE Aviation Lecture, Top Gun, Then and Now. I'm really excited to dive into tonight's content. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. I want to thank GE Aviation for sponsoring us tonight. And I really want to send a, a special thank you to all of our guests for joining us. And I'm talking about Captain Dan Pedersen, Lieutenant Elise Walker, and Acting Director Chris Brown. Thank you all so much for being with us tonight. We're very excited to have you. Uh, I want to dive right into this content um, and, and talk about Top Gun, uh, something that I'm sure all of you in the audience tonight are as excited about as I am. Uh, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, I've got a question for Dan right off the bat. As the co-founder of Top Gun, tell us a little bit about 
the origins of the school. Why was it created and, and what was it accomplishing there in those early days? Uh, as you know, we were five years into the war in Vietnam and the kill ratio was two to one. We were getting two of them for every one of us and uh, that we lost. So that's unacceptable. The average for all aviation, uh, um, American aviation had been 12 to one in every war. So we were getting our butts kicked, frankly. And uh, uh, the skipper of Coral Seas took it upon himself to write an unsolicited report to Chief of Naval Operations. And there were three or four Navy captains that added their inputs to it. And that was the sole reason Top Gun was uh, was started. Get going the war. Having problems during a war, we've got to get well in a, in very, very fast time. So that's, that's the frank reason. And I was at 121. Uh, leading the tactics phase there with 15 guys and uh, I inherited the job. So that was about it, doctor. <laughs> so uh, what kind of things were you doing there in those those opening years of the school? It's, it's uh, uh, Describe to us those early training missions, if you could. We weren't, you know, we've been training the same way in the F-4 airplane, which was designed as an interceptor. It didn't have a gun. It did not have a gun. Big mistake. And uh, so anyhow, we were doing the best we could and we were being dictated to uh, by what we could do and even in tactics. So uh, the all report brought out two important things build a graduate school, a get well program in minimum amount of time at Miramar at VF-121 and uh, have it ready in 60 days for the first class to uh, commence. And so we were teaching basic things, mainly air intercept with the F-4s. There's a classroom picture once we got it up, that's a little nicer than the original building. <laughs> well, thinking about moving uh, into the future of the school, uh, Chris, you went to Top Gun in the early 80s. Uh, and by the, that time, you know, the school started out for F-4 Phantoms, which is one of my favorite airplanes of all time. Uh, but by the time you were there, you know, you're flying F-14 Tomcats. Uh, tell us a little bit about the differences in those aircraft. What makes the F-14 different? What did you think about flying Tomcat? Well, one of the things Dan mentioned is uh, the F-14 was designed with a gun. And I think that was one of the lessons learned is that when you're de uh, designing and building these aircraft, you have to build them with a full complement uh, of, of weaponry that, that you may come to use. And it's really based on your rules of engagement. And I think that that's why uh, that was so important to... Dudes, uh, they're still bad dudes. Um, I'm going to do the uh, note at the end. I, I, I know I teased it, but um, I want to put something together. So we're going to uh, push this off to the end. 
and that's why we went into uh, get this moved over here. Uh, our fun stuff. So, um, <clears throat> the first article. Well, I'll get this slide done really quick. This is pretty interesting. Um, talk to Matt about it, and uh, Matt O in Oregon. Um, you know, it's like a pendulum. And eventually, everything pendulums back. And this is comes to the heels of the evidence from Gene Twang's new book, Generations, which shows high school boys turning right, even as female per peers turn left. Stunning ideological divide among high school seniors. And you're seeing 65% of senior boys going conservative and 31% of girls. And I think that, you know, it's time. Um, rebel without a cause type stuff. You know, you can't be a rebel and go with the crowd. The next little thing, I'm just going to paraphrase. There's a very expensive piece that goes over some sensors on the F-35. They were paying the ass to put on. The pins broke. It didn't work that much. So these two yahoos use a 3D printer and made brand new one. That doesn't cost shit. And fixed the issue to protect the sensors. Which I think is cool. Other, revisiting the seven weeks in 1991 that changed music forever. R.E.M., Metallica, Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog. All these huge, the Black Album by Metallica, all of them came out at the same time, and then Nirvana came on the back of it and wiped them all away. Hair, hair band stuff just stopped and no longer existed. And I, I wanted to read the whole article, but we don't have the time, but it's just amazing. I didn't even know all those albums came out in like a seven-week period. It was like classic Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, all these huge bands. And then a little three-piece trio singing about teen spirit just wipes everybody out. Crazy. So, I got it in the show at least. We're going to go into two Karens. One white liberal woman at a Starbucks. Two Karens at a California uh, let me set it up right. This one, every white liberal ever, and this is actually in a Starbucks. The next one, Oaklanders complaining about things as they are. You voted for this. I am 
place of hurt, generally when people are being violent, on some level, in some form, it's coming from a place of hurt? Sure. But if they're doing hundreds of gunpoint robberies, mostly to women, to people of all races, where I have lived in poverty my whole life, it makes it hard for us to keep jobs, to find jobs, to live life, to fight through mental health issues, to fight through our poverty. And it's not just one demographic of women, it's all kinds of women being targeted. This is systemic violence as well. And, and there's, more, there's more than that. Yeah, that's a tranny. Then, because these are so good, I had to put them white leftists. It's only white people equating slavery to owning an abortion. Not once have I heard one black or woman of color make the argument. Black pro-life woman immediately stands up and owns her like the bitch she is. And she shouldn't be wearing these shorts. It's like me wearing biking shorts. Nobody wants to see a Vienna sausage. It's uh, really fucking laughable that it's only white people equating slavery to owning an abortion. Not once have I heard one black or woman of color. Faith, do you want to come up here? Because apparently color matters. I, I, would, I would like to hear from a person, a woman of color, why sure, that Faith, is racist. Sure, Faith, come on up here. I would because rather hear it. that. Go ahead, Faith. What's so funny? Why are you pro-life, Faith? Yes, thank you. I am pro-life because life begins in the womb at conception and I think that our personhood our rights should not be based on having to be human plus something else that's exactly what happened with slavery where we were told that you have to be human plus not black and now we're saying that you have to be human plus a certain age or human and in a different location and so really what abortion is is age-based discrimination black people weren't seen as humans I just want to note that as a black woman and as a person who got my degree in biology, life does begin at conception. <laughs> Fuck, I love that soundbite. Fuck these people in the ass. And then, uh, let me hold this. We're going to go to, if you remember, there was a funeral kid. And the funeral kid said, and I think you can hear this over the this shit. Not that. Hold on. This was the girl. Well, here's that cunt now. go to a motherfucking HBCU. I can't be around white people any goddamn longer. I can't do it. I can't do it. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. She, she's not nice. But you can say things like that. Or like this. And I know it's a comedy, but it it's like clockwork. Elections coming up. White women. It's truly amazing to me how fast the narrative changes. 
I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. White women are one of the most dangerous groups in the United States and abroad. At this point, we've pretty much all seen the video of the city bike incident between the black guy and the white woman. The black guy claimed that he bought the bike. The white woman claimed that she bought the bike. It was a tug of war match. But notice how white people were laying in wait for some little nugget of information that was going to absolve this white woman of taking accountability for the harm that she put these boys in. Whiteness is a cult and they will always come to the defense of their cult members. This evidence that people are now getting on here to push to say that this white woman is innocent actually doesn't prove anything at all. But it does prove the lengths that some of y'all will go to to protect white women. It's wild to me how people still see black people as one of the most violent groups. When actually the most violent among us has the inability to hold their community members accountable for the ways in which they harm other people. You know who you are. You know, remember that it's only whitey that clings to conspiracy theories. Just whiteys. But somehow, some way, it's okay for African Americans to cling to a conspiracy theory. That, that's what I've been proving it. She owned the bike. But you can go online, you can talk about white, white, white in a negative connotation, and nobody fucking cares. Which ends our This Is America with a soapbox. Because you don't hear these people. And I said it on the show, I've worked with a lot of gay people. They don't give a fuck about that stuff. I'll act like that girl. And this tirade, mama didn't raise no bitch. God damn, I love this lady. Hey, Pumpkin, it's Pride Month. Let's talk about it. I'm not a big fan. I don't know what the fuck y'all are so oppressed about. I don't know what everybody's crying about. I don't know why everyone's so upset. I just don't feel oppressed. I don't remember the last time somebody had something bad to say about me because of my sexual preference, maybe because I don't talk about it. If you haven't noticed, I am a homosexual. I don't feel like I need any rainbow flag signs or signals to alert those around me that I am a homosexual. See, I don't make my sexuality part of my personality. As a matter of fact, I like to keep the two completely fucking separate. There's a difference. I depend on my personality personality to get me places in life and I don't need anybody to feel bad for me because I eat puss. I mean, for fuck's sake, we lit up the White House with rainbow colors back when Obama was in office. What more do we need? We can get married. I mean, I see more rainbow flags available for purchase than the red, white, and blue ones that represent our fucking country, but that's none of my business. I did sign up to die for this motherfucker, so it might be my business. See, I'm 40 years old, baby. I actually got discriminated against when I came out of the closet back in 1997. Was that 98? I don't know. I'm old. I forget shit. Nobody baked me a cake, nobody threw me a party, and nobody bought me anything with a rainbow on it when I came out of the closet. It was quite the opposite, actually. That shit built character and showed me who the real ones were, and it showed me who the fake ones were. Here's my opinion. You don't have to keep listening if you don't want to, but I think a lot of you guys are manifesting this shit. Wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my god, I'm so gay, and everyone around me is gonna hate my gayness, and somebody's gonna be mean to me, and then somebody's mean to you, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so fucking oppressed. See, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, I'm just another regular fucking human, and I didn't go do regular human shit. None of it involves rainbow flags. Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is my pride flag's still red, white, and blue. You can unfollow me if you want to. I don't fucking care. Mama didn't raise no bitch. Fuck. Lay down the thunder. I forgot this one. Man who accidentally left 300,000 guns gives lectures on guns. That was all over the internet. I just fucking loved it. So, um... 
Let's get into our woke. We're going to start out. We're going to play gay shit because I just love that soundtrack. Um, it's awesome. You're going to have Dylan Mulvaney talking about he wants to date women. And you're going to hear another one of those people that it's the monthly change of the pronouns. And if you don't do it, you're a fucking bigot. Hey, hey, hey. Bow, bow, bow. A little pump and cut. Hey, gang shit, 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 gang shit. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. In January, February, March, That, that's nice. We're, um, of course, all pieces of shit because the Little Mermaid is tanking like big time. Nobody's watching it. Its reviews are garbage. But the New York Times, the Little Mermaid review, the renovations are only skin deep. Disney's live action remake with Halle Berry starring as Ariel and a diverse cast is doofle correction corrective with noble intentions and little fun and nobody likes it. But, yeah, they're still going to ram it down our fucking nets. Next. You know, the Target thing's still going, but I want to make sure people see that when I saw this several months ago, I was so shocked and horrified. Obviously, they've been at it longer than we probably want to know. For example, this is a fake male part for your daughter to put in special underwear. And this is all over the place now. We covered it ages ago, but it's just now everywhere. You can buy a fake dick everywhere. But they're starting to do, and I fucked this all up. Did I not get this? Yeah, I fucked it up. Let's just fix this. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to fix this. Polls are starting to come out. And I just want to make sure that we, the normals, get our due credit. Because, folks, we've said this numerous times on the show. 53% of mothers have a personality disorder. I mean, I, I don't like dogging my daughter because she doesn't like me anymore. But my youngest grandson is a complete girl now. Hair, face, makeup, all nine yards. My wife sees it every once in a while. I don't go there. But she does. And she does have a disorder. She's on all sorts of medicine. But it, you're starting to see the Harvard poll from Podcast 35 or some shit where we literally showed that it does have a direct reflection on the people around you, who they are, and it gets forced on people, which is taking us down the rabbit hole. Uh, let me make this a little bigger so in case you're watching, you can read it. This stuff is just 
Wow. I don't have a problem with this. If somebody wants to dress their baby in pride onesies, why should it matter? We're not talking about transitioning minors here. It's just a shirt. But Coles, not to be outdone, got in on it. And because of the pushback, all these little books, groups, that HRC score, they're starting to threaten people. You better stay online. Uh, Target donating to activist group focusing on injecting LGBT agenda into Target is donating to an activist leftist group which focuses on injecting it into schools. It's all linked. Target has lost $10 billion. USA or uh, Anheuser-Busch, 14 But it's Pride Week, so that's the cover of USA Today. Most of all, you and the transgender teens thrive on difficult times. It was like the greatest fucking thing ever. And it was clearly outlined that Pride was huge because here's just three of about 10,000 Pride kickoff sound bites on MSDNC. And this is CNN. At the start of a month that's in part a celebration of visibility, some feel that the Sunshine State is shoving them back into darkness. Now, with uh, the governor stepping in and the legislation that's going through, it's, we're moving back in time. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate for us and, and everybody else in the state because what they're doing, it's heartbreaking. Victor, it is so interesting because it's one thing to read a law in black and white on paper and then it's another to see the real world impact, which is what you're showing us. And so in terms of the numbers of people who turn out, you know, just to support, just to see the parade, just to have fun, what are they expecting this year? Will they be drastically lower numbers? Well, the answer to that is they don't know. I mean, right here in Central Florida, the big show here is uh, Gay Days. Typically, north of 150,000 people come here to Central Florida for events and parties, and they go to the theme parks and wear red shirts um, to be seen. The point is visibility. But people are split here. Some say that this is not the time to shrink. With these new laws, uh, more than 400 by some counts across the country, and certainly the laws here in Florida, this is the time to stand up as an element of of resistance and resilience. Others say that the threats are real. What we're seeing in department stores, uh, what we're seeing uh, graffiti and, and vandalism that's targeted at the gay community, that people just cannot take that physical risk. So... They really don't know how many people are going to show up today. Let's start there in your reaction to not just the rhetoric we're seeing against Target, but the decision by Target then to sort of cave a little bit and remove some of that pride merchandise. Yeah, I think what's really important is to add the word extremist to all of this. This is a minority voice that has a loud megaphone right now and is target. They've said it. They've laid out their playbook. They want to make pride toxic, um, which is supposed to be a celebration of our community and a lifting up of our community. They are trying to poison the waters. And what they're doing, Target has had a display for years, decades, probably at least 10 years um, for 
pride. And so this year now they're targeting these folks. What's interesting though, and often horrifying, is that they're using violence. Um, this is not, let's boycott, here's a sign-on letter. This is AK-15s, this is, we're coming to destroy the store, this is bomb threats. So Sarah Kate, uh, you the Corporate boycotts, uh, the, the threat of violence you just mentioned, the anti-trans rhetoric, and in some cases legislation that we're all sort of seeing at once. Uh, I was speaking to a couple members of the LGBTQ community in the last couple of days who say they entered this Pride Month with a sense of real fear. Mm. That they worry that a time that is meant to be so celebratory actually could be dangerous. They suggested they'd be concerned about going to some Pride events because they were afraid of what could happen. And, and you mentioned possibility of guns. Uh, talk to us about how you and your organization are feeling right now as we head into this month with this as the backdrop. Yeah, I think um, there have been over 500 anti-LGBTQ bills proposed. At GLAAD, we've recorded over 160 threats of violence or actual acts of violence against LGBTQ specific events. So there is this looming fear and threat around our community. It's always existed. It's amped up more than ever, I think, today. And America's more dangerous than ever. I mean, if we look at the school shootings and what's going on in this country. So if you're a marginalized community who has often been used to, to know your place in society. You talked about allies. What does it mean, in your view, to be an ally in 2023? It means being unafraid to stand up in the rooms that you are in. I'm in the legislature doing my best to stop harmful policy, to move the needle with my colleagues. But that's just one room. Whatever room you're in, whether it's a newsroom, whether it's an office space, a PTA, or an awkward family dinner conversation, have the courage to stand up because right now, LGBTQ people need that support. What's your reaction when companies, corporations try to stand up and then they face the backlash that some are now facing? I mean, what do you think when you, when you see the backlash that some are facing? I think it's when we talk about the breadth of bills attacking the LGBTQ people, bills attacking our past when they ban our memoirs or ban our collective history and drag, bills banning our present by banning uh, teaching about us in school or public access to bathrooms and our future by our healthcare. I think the companies facing backlash are seeing a sliver of what LGBTQ people are facing with our, the harassment we're dealing with. And we can't put our identities back up off the shelf. So it's important that these companies are standing beside us in a moment where we're under more attacks than we have ever been. Do you wish Target would have kept some of its merchandise on its shelves? Do you wish maybe Target would have done more? I wish every corporation who is pu pushing, um, putting out pride products um, ha would have the courage to understand that they have LGBTQ employees, they have LGBTQ customers, and by supporting our presence, you don't take away anything from anyone else. You just show that we belong here as well. What do you think it is in this moment that has made not just the LGBTQ community, but, but specifically the trans community such a target? There are, there are no facts out there that support that the trans community is coming after children, right? And is Not targeting kids, huh? Well, there's a group called Gays Against Grooming. They're gay. And they agree with most of us. There is no pride in indoctrinating children in schools. There is no pride in stripping parents of their right to protect their children.
no pride in sexualizing children at drag shows. There is no pride in mutilating and sterilizing children in the name of gender-affirming care. This June, what are you proud of? Because we have some issues that we need to talk about. We're fighting back from inside the community. The media is so invested. We have now uh, references to stochastic terrorism. Um, it is the free. It's still still trying to make that fucking argument. It's the free market speaking, but that doesn't make sense because it's actually going the opposite way. But as they were doing a whole, let's open up gay pride with extra extra gayness. They were defending Target and attacking people for not wanting their kids to be girls. When Target caves into this, then it says that the moment you threaten the employees of even a very large corporation, you get to control its policies. This is economic terrorism, literally terrorism, creating fear among the workers and forcing the corporations to sell the things you want, not sell the things you don't. So great show for you, including a look at what we are calling brand politics. You may call it the same. Companies are taking a stand on all kinds of social issues. Some people love it. They applaud it. But for others, it's an example of what they say is a woke agenda in corporate America. We're going to dig into why it's happening and how it's become such a cultural flashpoint. We're going to begin this hour with a look at why so many major American brands seem to be caught up in the culture wars. We're talking about Target, Bud Light, Disney. They're all facing a conservative backlash right now for their support of the LGBTQ plus community. And it's a major shift going on right here in corporate America, a shift in tone and one that many Republicans complain is almost entirely to the left. The mission of a company is to give back to society and the business. Amy Turpelik helps craft these strategies for the marketing firm Finn Partners. And companies are focusing on longer term purpose-driven commitments and actions that relate back to their core business and their core values. She says it's partly the push of investors, partly the sway of employees, and largely the expectation of customers themselves. We're facing these incredible social and environmental issues. We need to solve and we need to solve fast. And they look to companies as having the resources, the speed, and the social innovations to be able to do that. Surveys have suggested 70% of Americans now believe brands should take a stand on social issues, with nearly two-thirds saying they'll buy products based on their beliefs and values. But not all customers believe the same things. Disney's posturing has alienated a lot of people now. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is locked in a political battle with Disney, for example, after the company publicly opposed a bill he later signed into law. Bud Light, meanwhile, faced a backlash and watched its sales plummet, all for sending a promotional can to a prominent transgender social media star. This is absolutely dangerous to businesses that wade into these issues, and they really do it at their own peril. Will Hild is executive director of Consumers Research, a nonprofit that's been issuing woke alerts about companies taking progressive stances. I don't want to give money to people 
or companies that I don't think are trying to do good, be good, and make, things, make the world a better place. All right, Pride Month starts today, a celebration of the LGBTQ community that this year is at the center of a culture clash that's giving some companies second thoughts about supporting the cause. Stephanie Goss reports. June is Pride Month, and there's no missing its kickoff. Rainbow flags are everywhere. There are T-shirts and hats. Apple has a watch. Absolute Vodka has a special bottle. Companies have got more involved in Pride as a sign of how the whole culture is changing. But this year, the landscape has shifted. You are going to get rainbow vomit on everything across corporate America. Some corporations stepping into a fierce fight over transgender issues. It plays out in state houses. When you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. And on cable news. The same people who encourage minors to have life-altering hormones and surgery on their genitalia and even begin transitioning without parental consent. They have done and are doing enormous damage to young people. Target moved its Pride Month merchandise, including a transgender-friendly bathing suit, to the back of some of its stores Wait, after customer backlash. Okay, these are like naked people on shirts. Its stock price dropped more than 15% in two weeks. I got some Bud Lights for us. Bud Light marketed a customized can featuring transgender influencer madness, Dylan Mulvaney, we triggering an outcry. Sales dropped nearly 30%. There are calls to boycott Kohl's because of its pride-themed baby clothes and North Face, the outdoor company, as well. We like to call this little tour the summer of pride. Transgender issues still seem strange and scary to people. 20 states have passed bans on transgender medical treatment for minors. Does this very angry debate cast a shadow over some of the progress that has been made. I think everyone is aware that issues that seem to be settled just a few years ago are up for grabs again. Pride organizers across the country The left is so up in arms about Target. This is a guy that's saying people are going to Target and taking all the Pride merch to the register to purchase, waiting for the waggy, I don't know what that means, take all the hangers and tags off, and then they leave and don't buy it. That That's what they're saying is happening because they couldn't get violence. There's, there's no violence. They said there was violence, but there's not. Um, an actress, I take my seven-year-old. The actual target head honcho, VP of brand management, is a board member at Glenson, a radical LGBTQ group that promotes grooming, pornography, and filth in classrooms. And it totally adds up. This is what we see every fucking time. It is from within. And every time somebody gets in trouble for breaking rules, they get brought on the view. And here's this Zoe Montana chick dude thing. Target. We were recently talking about them when the news um, that they removed some merchandise celebrating Pride Month from some of their stores after social media backlash from conservatives and after some of their employees were put in some, um, uh, were being threatened. What's your reaction to that? So when the bills come before the legislature, they always get talked about as if they're very narrowly focused. This is just about sports. This is just about youth. This is just about a book. But what we see in moments like this is the people who support anti-trans legislation, anti-LGBTQ legislation, aren't just after that. They don't want to see uh, LGBTQ people happy or thriving in stores, in our communities, and will um, get very angry at the sight of us on a Sports Illustrated issue. And to me, if you're a corporation and you're seeing a sliver of what it's like for LGBTQ people who can't decide to take our identities off the shelf, um, 
That's why it's more important now than ever to make sure you are standing up alongside us uh, throughout this. Right. Be a good corporate citizen. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's gay dog bones. I guess that's a thing. There was a win. I was going to play this the sound bite. Drag queen, drag race queen says cancellation of military show is all political. Coco Montrees was set to perform at Nevada Air Force before the Pentagon canceled the pride event thanks to Matt Guest, who actually pushed back because it was supposed to be for fucking kids. But, yeah, that's not a kid-friendly thing. And once again, bones. Does your dog... I mean, there's an article... Well, let me read the article, because there is a fucking article in here from the Rolling Stones. There it is. A furry fandom con in Florida just announced it would ban minors based on the governor's ridiculous law. Once again, Rolling Stones, music. What, why do kids need to go to furry shit? If I remember right, every time I watched motherfucking CSI, those furry fuckers were killing motherfuckers. Am I wrong? I, I don't think I was. Corporate, it's time to celebrate Pride Month. Meet Lauren Duncan, AE Aerospace G9X product cost lead, a transgender advocate with the GE's Pride Alliance. Be inspired by our powerful story and witness the positive change she's making at GE. Well, let's let's listen. I knew from a very early age that I identified as a female and that I was transgender. What I also knew at that time is I did not live in an environment where that was something that was accepted. You know, boys had to be boys and girls had to be girls. Hi, I'm Lauren Duncan. I work customer programs here at GE Aviation. Growing up, I had an older brother. I had mom and dad. Um, it was a very small family. We living in the suburbs of Cincinnati. I was a very shy, quiet person. I really loved things like Star Wars, which really inspired me to get into aerospace, all the spacecraft. High school, it was pretty challenging growing up here in Ohio, so I never got to see people like me in a positive light, not until I went to college. So when I started studying at the University of Cincinnati, I got to meet a lot of new people with a lot of different backgrounds. College for me is, you know, beyond studying is where I really began to find my voice. So I got to see more of the LGBTQ community and see how robust and energetic and diverse that it is. It was 2011 when I joined GE, and in my mind, I figured that I missed my mark, that I would never be able to transition. But you know, a few years into my career, I realized I just didn't want to live the lie. I didn't want to live two lives. I wanted to be myself. I wanted the world to see me for who I was. I talked to HR, I worked with my manager, and we came up with a plan to transition. It was such a relief to get that off my shoulders, come to work as myself, and not have to live two lives anymore. The biggest lesson I learned from coming out and being myself 
is to give people the chance. It was always the people I least expected to have support from that were the most supportive. So I got involved with the GLBTA network after I transitioned. I saw that you know there was a big need for education within the company. So I currently serve as the global transgender advocate across all of GE, across all of the world. Part of that is you know bringing everyone up to speed on education, working with people all across the world on setting good policies for people to transition in the workplace but also it's about creating that network. So people see the visibility, they can see people who have successfully transitioned and are successfully living their lives in the workplace. What the fuck does that have to do with appliances and jet engines and important shit? General Electric, General Electric Saudi Arabia, no pride, none. And th this is a huge thread. I won't bore you because we cover it every year. Every one of these fucking things, they do it. And then they don't do it overseas because they'll lose business. Um, just. Ah. My heart goes out to the four by six inch pride flag, the small plotted plant and the respective families as they go through this immensely difficult time. Alan Hamilton, deputy chief with LAPD's Valley Bureau, sent a statement Wednesday that the pride flag was in a potted plant. There was a small pot plant that was set on fire on campus and plant had small four by six pride flag. The potted plant container, both the plant and the flag were destroyed by fire and they're going to investigate it as... A hate crime. You can burn American flags, that is freedom of speech, but you can't burn a pride flag. Very, very interesting. Then on the new Musk, they reopened the ability to put videos. So now, what is a woman is on there. So Elon Musk, this was a mistake by many people at Twitter. It is definitely allowed. Whether or not you agree with using someone's preferred pronouns, not doing so is, the most, is at most rude and certainly breaks no law. I should note that I do personally use someone's preferred pronouns, just as I use someone's preferred name, simply for the standpoint of good manners. However, for the same reason, I object to rude behavior, ostracism, or threats of violence of a wrong pronouns use. This guy, Joshua Eric, FYI, misgendering is absolutely illegal if it created a hostile work environment or otherwise violates civil rights laws. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But, my God... CNN's really pissed off that what's a woman is free. Meantime, Twitter's head of trust and safety telling Reuters that she has resigned from the social media company. Ella Irwin, who was in charge of content moderation, stepped down the same day that Twitter blocked and then unblocked access to an anti-trans documentary. Billionaire Elon Musk has faced criticism for lax protections against potentially harmful content since he took over back in October. Media is so invested into this culture war, 
opinion. Ask many Americans these days, and they will insist there's only two sexes available for human to inhabit, male or female. As a doctor caring scientist, however, I attest that this is a fault. This is false, writes Ash Zimmerick. Fine. All those ways we categorize sex are non-binary. You may be agreeing or conceding, but gender surely is, yes. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? Nah. Here we now refer to sex of, of the mind, or what I like to call cerebral sex. Party of science. Agriculture. Department of agriculture. Somebody replied, it ain't much, but it's very gay. California town bans flying pride flag because they don't want to piss everybody off. And that's good. And I don't know if I got this. Did I get this? No. So we're going to put it right here. Here is a thread by the red-headed libertarian. And I haven't read it, but we're going to go with it anyway and read it. Why is everything gay? Buckle up. We're going down this ra- gay rabbit hole. The CEI, Corporate Equity Index, is a woke credit score that judges companies based on many woke issues they're pushing. What is woke? A word co-opted from the black community. It's a large thread. i got to open it up. Um, by gender activists that was infected with neo-Marxism. Who made up and gives a score? From my understanding, the human rights campaign, HRC, sends lobbyists to companies and gives them a list of demands, and if they don't comply with these demands, a woke investor put pressure on the boards. Activists are mobilized. Advertising campaigns are shut down. And anyone who continues to do business with a poorly scored company will also be penalized. And who is funding it? Open Society Foundation. Who funds that? George motherfucking Soros. Essentially, if you don't get a good score, the lizard god king of the world doesn't let your business exist. It's just the facts, Jack. But somehow, they have just been able to take over fucking everything. I mean, it... Dah! It, it's just friggin' insane in the membrane. And I don't understand why companies are going with this because, folks, I showed you the polls. Nobody is down with this dog pound. Nobody. 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 Which brings us or This Is America. Going to play actually a tape that's on Twitter. Verified new video evidence of Maricopa election officials illegally breaking into sealed election machines after they were tested, reprogramming memory cards and reinstalling them. 59% of these machines would shut down on election day in GOP areas. You can't argue with us. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. In- 
That's fucking bullshit. And of course they'll be ignored. Here's a leftist, Eve Six, in the mind of Ron DeSantis' wife, he's already president, and it's 1962, and that's, let's assassinate him. Laura Loomer, we'll get to that in a second. DeSantis supporters say you aren't allowed to criticize Jill DeSantis because she claims she had cancer. I've never seen the medical records, but they had no problem attacking Melania Trump. Personally, I think Jill's health has been over-exaggerated and desperate effort to improve the candidate. That's a conservative. And this, I was going to spend more time on this. Um, Musk isn't doing what the left wants, which you can have parody accounts of conservatives. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't do them for libs. And somebody started an AOC verified account, or unverified. It's like a joke one. And they are losing their shit. I mean, it is like end of days, democracy, freedom of speech. We've lost everything. And I, NBC did a whole article. The lady who did it was just livid. She tweeted it a billion times. It was like, what in the fuck? These are the rules you guys make. All right. We don't make the rules. We follow your rules. And you say... It's okay to dog people and have fake accounts. So, last sound bites, and then we're going to close on Memorial Day montage for a note I found. Here are two GOP or the pieces of shit because I want to make sure every podcast I grab a couple sound bites showing that DeSantis is worse than Stalin, Hitler, and Satan. I got a minute left, but I did want to ask you, what does it tell you that Donald Trump is actually going to be doing a town hall that's going to air and is going to be on Fox News after Fox got tagged with a $787.5 million defamation settlement for promoting the Trump big lie about the 2020 election? You know, a big part of Trump is his megaphone, his ability to get out to supporters. Mike Pence, he's going to have a CNN town hall. What does it tell you that there are media outlets that are providing platforms for potential GOP primary candidates to be able to get out and share? I guess, sell their wares, I guess. I mean, it is so extremely dangerous, Katie, that they're normalizing the former president that was impeached twice, someone that incited an insurrection in our capital. It was actually a self-attempted coup of our government so that he could remain in office. And they're acting as if, as if you know, it's business as usual, politics as usual. No, we are on really the last line of defense here for our democracy and our freedoms. And it's extremely dangerous. I, I, it doesn't surprise me, right? I mean, I think Fox is doing it for the hits, for the power, for the, the money. Ratings, yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I think Americans need to be very, very weary of all of this. We can. You go to Baltimore, Chicago, some of these kids are more likely to get shot than to actually have a high quality education. I don't hear the NAACP talking about that. What's your response to that, Mark? He is a history suppressor. He's a voter suppressor. Uh, and his effort to distract the issue into discussion of school choice misses the point that he's been a book banner and a black history suppressor and a voter suppressor. And that is his record. So while that talking point may work with some uh, elements of the, uh, of the Republican primary base, uh, the more he 
acts that way, the more he emphasizes those issues, he loses one of the points he's trying to make, which is I'm more electable in a general election. He simply seems like he's trying to become the new Trump or Trumpish, uh, and that is not what will make him a better general election candidate. So, uh, his actions in in Andrea in suppressing Black history and in opposing AP Black history is so offensive to me and so offensive to so many of us. Uh, it's not only shocking and surprising; uh, he literally, literally. Uh, has uh, made himself, in many respects, a 21st century version of George Wallace. George Wallace blocked the door to schools. He's blocking the doors to libraries. He's blocking the doors to, le to the legitimacy of African-American contributions to this country. It's offensive. Uh, it's racist. It's backward-leaning. It's not the 21st century. Well, you, you have nine Democratic governors now writing a letter in, to the largest textbook publishers today, urging them not to give in to the pressure, calling it censorship of education. This is not just from dissent. Ah, oh, it's going to be a beautiful election season. It always is. You know, the, the right will be garbage humans and the left will be the people saving democracy. And everybody who doesn't vote the way the media wants is ruining democracy and white Christian nationalists and mega uber just fuck fuck it just doesn't stop so this wraps up another episode of Flower Politic Podcast share with your family and friends go to SoundCloud Flower Politic with a K Rumble 482467 and send me an email at at gmail.com you want to add to the show during uh, the respite from last podcast, I got a Google feed of a letter sent or found on a headstone. And I got to admit, the first time I read it, I wept. So I, I didn't want to do it on camera. So I taped it and... Uh, we're going to close the show on that as you go to the exit. It was written by a Navy SEAL. Um, and I'm a dumbass because I just closed out my web browser because I was done. And I'm an idiot for doing that. So let's get the right person. Uh, Navy SEAL. His name is... Wow. Wow. Oh, I bookmarked it. Hold on. Please hold. Jocko Willick. And um, I think he put it on it. The way it reads, he did. You know, what a lot of people don't realize is that when, when you served and you lose friends... There's a level of guilt and uh, that you lived and they didn't. And on top of that is, are you living your life right? And in my case, I have a really hard time with that because I've been sick, getting a little better. They still don't know. It's just so painful to go through this whole process and not just get fixed. I just want to get fixed. Uh, mornings are garbage. A garbage. Every morning, 3.30, I'm up. 
But I think about it a lot. Am I living right? And I'm do- am I doing the right things so that their sacrifice was worth something? And then, of course, ever since we walked away from Afghanistan, it's really tr- tough, you know, um, that we lost that many people for what? Did we actually get payback? And it's the, co- you know, it's just a snag in our system. You go from party to party and these wars, every one of them that goes for a prolonged duration, we end up just walking away. And that's really fucked up. Um, so I think of guys I've lost and, uh, you know, I did two memorial walks up to the 5 deuce and the uh, Rock Sun memorials. <coughs> And I talk to him. It's silly, but you just you just do. So this letter um, that he penned for Fox News or left himself, and I'm assuming he left it, uh, is very apropos of you know conversations I've had and most vets have with their lost buddies. So I want to end the show on it so that you can hear it. I think it's really well done, and. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of negative Memorial Day stuff I could have covered, but I just didn't do it. I just There's just so much garbage going on, and I tried to make a little more light of the situation in our country because that's another added sadness. I mean, God, we're just a mess. And uh, very few people give a fuck about the losses, don't even know. You know, when you tell them 114,000 vets have committed suicide, they're in shock, but our media doesn't talk about it because unless they're trans, gay, or POC deaths, uh, not even women anymore, it, it doesn't hit their radar. So um, make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. Uh, we're going to go with... Uh, let's go with the 6th. 6th of June. Talk a little bit about D-Day. That was a long time ago. Until then, uh, please listen to the next three minutes and eight seconds. And uh, thanks for listening. Hey, brother, just checking in. Looks like some of the other boys have come by today. Lots of flowers. Did you ever think you'd be getting a bunch of flowers from guys in the platoon? I sure didn't. But here you go. They'll look good for a little while anyway. Then they'll wilt and brown. Then the graveskeeper will take them away. Nothing stays forever. I wish you could have stayed a little longer, though. I really like to see you smile again, hear you laugh. Your laugh made other people laugh, me included. A little joy in the world, joy that is now gone. I miss that. I miss you. But the world moves on. Time stops for no man. Look at me, gray hair, wrinkled skin. I'm the old guy we used to laugh about. Who's laughing now? Even my kids are all grown up. They aren't kids anymore. You'd be proud. Time goes quick. You taught me that. You taught me so much. I was angry at first, angry at you, angry at myself, angry at the world. I couldn't understand why. Why you? Why were you taken from this world, taken from me? My anger grew, but it was all for me, selfish. Eventually, the anger consumed itself. I realized my anger was unwarranted, Over time, it diminished. 
thankful to have known you, thankful to have spent time with you, thankful to have served alongside you, thankful to call you friend and brother, thankful for this life you have given me. You won't grow old so I can. Your dreams were lost so my dreams could be found. Your hopes were extinguished so my hopes could be realized. Your future was cut short so my future could flourish. In your death, you gave me life. I will live this life to the fullest, I promise. I will not squander a moment, not a breath, not a sunset, not a laugh. I will live to honor the gift you gave me, the life I owe you. I will never forget. Until next time, your brother.